0: We probably have the most fun episode for you today. We are talking about preparing for your 2023 tax return. It's about that time. And you're starting to get those documents in the mail, 1099 letters, uh, W-2s, all types of things that you know you should just be sticking in a file and getting ready uh, for tax season. Uh, We brought on Taylor Wolverton. She's part of the Peace of Mind team. She is an EA, and enrolled agent, so she's very skilled when it comes to taxes. We asked her a few questions around what should we be looking for? What should we be putting in this folder to get ready for taxes and hopefully just to pass off to our CPA to do it for us? Yeah, last year, uh, Taylor, in
1: full-on meetings, uh, did over 85 meetings on this topic of being ready for filing taxes and planning for taxes and what do you need to have in place very, very knowledgeable. Uh, She answered many other phone calls in addition to that all around this idea of taxes. So she is super smart and she just helps you to kind of think through all these different things. Now, as she's talking them all through, don't stress out and feel like, oh my goodness, I got to write all these things down. You can just simply go to the website, go to pomwealth.net. You can go to our blog page, And right on the blog page, you're going to see a blog article written on this topic. It'll have all those details there, makes it super simple. So listen to it, then you can go read it. All right. Before we go into this episode, we have a very quick disclosure.
0: The information contained in this podcast is intended to provide general information only and not to be considered individualized advice. Different types of investments carry different levels of risk. As always, please contact your financial professional for advice appropriate to your situation. Enjoy the show.
2: Welcome to the Secure Your Retirement podcast. This is the place where high achieving professionals come to gain confidence on how to successfully navigate their transition into and life during retirement. There's no such thing as a passive retirement plan. To have a successful financial future, your plan must be actively managed. Each week, we will bring you action plans and expert interviews that will help you gain insights learn fresh perspectives, and finally experience peace of mind about your retirement. Here to help you achieve your dream retirement and live the life you deserve, are your hosts, certified financial planners, Raiden Stansel and Merce Tariq.
1: Welcome everyone to Secure Your Retirement. We're certainly happy to have you with us today. Uh, today, we are going to talk about something that everybody loves and that is getting ready to file their taxes. <laughs> so. Um, Obviously, we're in the time of year where we got to get all this stuff together. So what Merce and I did is is we brought on the person who helps us and all of our clients do that. And she is our very own Taylor Wolverton, who helps all of our clients with tax planning, tax strategy. So thank you, Taylor, for uh, coming on and talking with us today.
3: Yeah, thanks for having me.
1: Okay, so uh, we got this idea that I'm getting ready for taxes. I don't know about you, but... Somewhere around right now, my anxiety level starts to grow when I start thinking about taxes only because I'm just thinking, oh, man, I got all these things I got to get together, but I have to do a personal return and a business return. And so it's kind of like I'm just starting to see all this stuff come in. So let me ask you this, Taylor, just to get us started. What kind of things would you recommend that people start thinking about just to get ready so that it's not last minute stressful zone come April 15th?
3: Right. Yeah, so you'll want to think about any source of income that you had in 2023, which, depending on your situation, might be only a few things, or it might be a lot of things. So this could be 1099s from your even your savings accounts to report the interest that you earned throughout 2023. If you had a pension, you'll have a 1099 that comes from the company that holds your pension. If you did any account distributions, like from your IRA, there'll be a 1099-R for retirement accounts specifically. You'll have a 1099 reporting your social security income. If you're still working, of course, you'll have your W-2 from your employer that gets issued. So yeah, really just thinking through all of your different sources of income and finding the tax form connected to that income is what you'll want to start looking for.
0: Yeah. And let me, I, I want to distinguish some things because there's a, and one I think that will get overlooked is a 1099, the INT I think is what it's called Taylor. That's the mm-hmm. one that the bank sends out. If right. you go back, you know, a couple years ago, no one really got those 1099 INTs. That's reporting how much interest your cash made at the bank. Well, there was no interest to be made at the bank in the last year or two, you know, we've had interest rates moving up and now you can get a money market in the four or 5% range. So, a small amount of money can make enough interest for it to be reportable. So be on the lookout, I think, for that 1099 INT because you may not have had it it last year, but you probably will get it this year. Uh, The other 1099, so you got the 1099 for the IRAs that's nice and simple that says, here's how much you took out and you need to pay taxes on, or maybe you had some taxes withheld. One that gets overlooked sometimes is a 1099 from a brokerage account, a non-qualified account or a non-IRA account. And that's not as simple as here's how much you took out. It's way more about what interest was earned in that account, what capital gains were realized in that account, any dividends and things like that. Um, hopefully, if you're working with the CPA, then all you have to do is hand that off. Uh, but I just wanted to make those uh, distinctions on those different types of 1099s that can throw some people off or confuse people as well.
3: Yes. And because interest rates did change so much throughout 2023, or at least go up, if you started out with your savings account at like Wells Fargo and then you moved it to somewhere else with a higher rate of interest, then you may have tax forms from both places. So also think about if you made any transfers throughout the year, you might have tax forms coming from multiple institutions from before and after your transfer.
1: All right. So I've got a question. So when when it comes to like, we we named all these different places of income, but we do have some clients that have rentals. So uh, that, they're not gonna get any documentation from that. They just have to, what what are they gonna do there? Explain that as far as, let's say I got some rentals, maybe it's new, maybe I've been, I've got a house that I started doing an Airbnb with or something like that.
3: Yeah, so ideally if you have a rental property, you're working with a CPA who will give you a list of information that they will need to report all of that uh, I would definitely recommend working with a professional tax preparer so that there aren't any things that get missed or misreported on your tax return if you're trying to work through that yourself through preparing your own tax return, but you'll want some sort of documentation to show what your rental income was that will be reported on your tax return. And then if you have like a mortgage on that property, then you'll also want the I think it's the 1098 showing your mortgage interest that can also be reported for your rental property specifically. And then any expenses that you had associated with your rental property for like maintenance or travel to and from your rental property, any repairs, things like that associated with your rental property, you'll just want documentation to show what expenses you put into your rental property for the year. That can all be used as deductions against your rental income to limit the amount of taxes that you do pay on the income from your rental properties. So as much documentation as you can get for both the income and the expenses associated with your rental property, you'll want to send all of that to your tax preparer for this year.
0: So, let's keep on going with expenses because the the battle with the with filing taxes is do I take the standard deduction or do I take uh, am I able to itemize this year? And a big key part of being able to itemize is tracking how you spend money. So, Taylor, can you kind of walk us through some of the different uh, we you you went through the rental expense side, but just someone personally, okay. the expenses that they should keep track of that's going to help them or their CPA make that decision for them.
3: Yeah, I've talked with a couple of people this year about this already is, is it even worth it to gather all those little details if you don't actually itemize each year? So some of those things would be your own mortgage interest on your property that you're living in, your primary home, if you still have a mortgage, and then um, also your property taxes on like your cars, and then also your primary home and real estate taxes on your primary home um any charitable donations that you made throughout this year you want receipts to show those dollar amounts that went to each charity if you were donating to multiple um let's see what else I'm sure I'm forgetting some other things too
1: um while you're thinking of that i'm going to let you think on that one but i want yeah, to jump yeah, to another question yeah no yeah because one of the things i you know you know that i was we talked about briefly right before we started recording was this idea you because you've helped a lot of clients this year with things like QCDs mm-hmm. and on those kind of things. Could you walk us through if somebody did a qualified charitable distribution, what they need to think about when it comes to that?
3: Yes, that's really important. Okay. One other thing back to the I'd expenses. The one thing I was forgetting that I was going to say is medical expenses may or may not make a difference. There is an amount that you have to get over for medical expenses. So if you have those things it's probably worth it just to submit documentation for your mortgage interest medical expenses charitable donations property taxes all that kind of stuff to your tax preparer and if that's fairly consistent year to year and you're not itemizing year to year it's probably not worth it and i know it is a lot of work to go and get all your receipts and donations and all those kinds of things to get all of that together but If you're working with a new tax preparer, I probably just submit it starting out just to see, just to make sure you're not missing out on any additional deductions that you would otherwise get from taking the itemized deduction as opposed to the standard. But yes, back to charitable donations specifically. So last year, I believe we did, or in 2023 at least, we did a podcast all about uh, qualified charitable donations or distributions. So you can listen to that if you're not familiar with what that is, but... Quick review. These are donations that you're making specifically from your IRA directly to the charity. You don't get that, the donation amount does not get reported on your tax return at all. And so you're not paying tax on that amount. So, for example, if you're in the 22% tax bracket, you donate $1,000 to charity, you're saving $220 in taxes by doing a qualified charitable distribution. You have to be over the age of 70 and a half to do it so be aware of that but if you do a qualified charitable distribution from your ira it will get reported on your tax form your 1099r as a normal distribution there is no code to say this was a qcd there's no like asterisk there's no note from the custodian there's nothing on the tax form to show that it was a QCD as opposed to just a normal distribution that went to your checking account instead of to the charity. So if you did take advantage of a qualified charitable distribution in 2023, make sure you tell your tax preparer that that's a QCD. Even if you took distributions from your IRA normally, like let's say you just took $50,000 in distributions over the year, and you also did a $5,000 qualified charitable distribution, your 1099R will show that your distributions for the year was $55,000 and it will show as the taxable portion. So if your tax preparer does not know that $5,000 of your distributions went to a charity as a charity as a qualified charitable distribution, then they'll probably just report it as all taxable and it will completely negate the whole point of doing a QCD. So context matters, make sure you're supporting or you're submitting additional documentation for to show that it went to a charity rather than just to your own checking account. So yeah, yes, I, I that definitely very, matters.
0: Yeah, that's very important. And we did several uh, QCDs last year.
3: I hope that you are enjoying the show. By the way, if you are in or nearing retirement and are someone who wants to gain clarity on what questions you should be asking, learn what the biggest retirement myths are, and identify what you could be doing to achieve peace of mind for your retirement, get started today by requesting your complimentary video course Four Steps to Secure Your Retirement. To access the course, simply visit pomwealth.net forward slash podcast. If you're new here or you haven't done this yet, this is definitely the first step to get started in applying these principles to your life. So head over to pomwealth.net forward slash podcast and check us out.
0: Something else that we did a lot of is uh, Roth conversions. So Taylor, can you speak on Roth conversions, the, the documentation, Uh, as well as maybe also include Roth contributions and IRA contributions, because those are things that we need to keep track of as well.
3: Yes. So like Roth, or I'm sorry, like QCDs, Roth conversions, there's nothing to specify that it was actually a Roth conversion as opposed to just a normal distribution from your IRA. So, and sometimes it doesn't, matter whether it was a Roth conversion or a distribution. I mean, it shows up on your tax return the same way. It's still fully taxable to you, whether it went to your checking account or whether it was sent over to your Roth IRA. But sometimes you may get hit with an underpayment penalty if, like, for example, one of our clients did a Roth conversion in November and they also made estimated tax payments in November. So because the IRS is a pay as you go system, they want you to be paying your taxes at the same time that you're receiving income. So if you do a Roth conversion in November and you make estimated tax payments in November, which is what the IRS wants you to do, you need to tell your tax preparer that you did that Roth conversion in November and you made the estimated tax payments in November. If your tax preparer doesn't know that it happened later in the year as opposed to just evenly throughout the year, that's what they'll assume. Because your 1099-R, your tax form associated with the account that will show the Roth conversion, it doesn't say when the Roth conversion happened. So that's a really important detail. You need to get that information to your Roth conversion or to your tax preparer, tell them when you did the Roth conversion and that it was a Roth conversion as opposed to just a normal distribution. And another thing that matters too is if you're, for example, we did a Roth conversion for a client who is 57 last year. So she is not able to take distributions from her IRA normally because she's not over the age of 59 and a half. And if you take distributions from your IRA before you're over the age of 59 and a half, you will also pay a penalty in addition to taxes on that amount. So if it's actually a Roth conversion and not a distribution, you want to make sure your tax preparer knows that, especially if you're under the age of 59 and a half. So you're not also paying penalties on your Roth conversion when that is completely unnecessary. So yeah, again, like QCDs for Roth conversions, context matters. The more detail that you get to your tax preparer on what that was, when it happened, then the better it is for them. And uh, they don't have to try and figure it out themselves. So,
1: Yeah, excellent. Can you think of anything else that you want to make sure we get out there?
3: Yeah, really quick, just for contributions that you're making to your Roth IRA, those won't impact your tax return, but you will get, uh, it's a $54.98. That will be issued from your Roth IRA if you made a contribution. So that's something to look for. Those usually don't come out until like May or so, which is why you don't need to hold up the, Preparation of your tax return. If you haven't received that form yet, it won't impact how your tax is calculated on your tax return. But just something to be to be aware of if you do see that form come out later in May, that's okay. It's just showing your contribution. So yeah.
1: All right. Very good. You got anything else, Mars?
0: No, I think that covers it. Uh, um obviously if there are questions that people have, you know, if you're listening and you I had a call just the other day about a, a client that received a a 1099 and he thought it was an uh, non-taxable type of distribution that he did and uh it was uh, but it's confusing when you see that 1099 and it says gross distribution amount for x amount of dollars and you could quickly look at that and you know start to panic of oh my gosh I have to pay taxes on this well there's a distribution code on that 1099 as well that says this is actually done properly as a non-taxable it's called a 1035 exchange but not everyone is knows that. Not everyone's not supposed to know that, uh, unless you're just in this field and and or or you're really good at doing research. So that's why we are here. And Taylor's, you know, she's an uh, enrolled agent, very much like a CPA that just focuses on uh, personal income tax. So if there are questions that come up and you want to hop on the phone with Taylor, uh, we'd be happy to get you connected.
1: Yeah.
3: Okay. One other thing that I thought of. Sorry. Yeah, no, no, uh, I was going to no, say
1: someone's the- going to say <laughs> before we close. Is there anything else? So. <laughs>
3: Well, there's always one more thing. Uh, One other thing that I had a conversation with a client about last year in 2023 was that they turned 65. Once you're over the age of 65, your standard deduction increases, which means you pay less tax than before you were 65. So if your tax preparer is not double checking your date of birth, hopefully they have it on file somewhere. But if they're not double checking that and they don't realize you turned 65, then they may not be putting in your additional standard deduction, which is what happened to this client last year. So they overpaid $500 in tax just because they turned 65 and their tax preparer didn't realize it. So if you're turning 65 in 2023 or in 2024, make sure your tax preparer has your correct date of birth on file and make sure you're getting the additional standard deductions. So you're not overpaying in taxes unnecessarily again. So yeah, excellent. There you go.
0: Very
1: good. Well, thank you so much. This has uh, been very, very helpful. As Merce said, if you do want to chat with uh, any one of us, you can just go to the website, get our, uh, phone number there, which is 919-787-8866. And we would be glad to schedule a call and answer any of those questions you might have. Well, thank you very much, Taylor. It's been great. We'll talk yeah, to everyone you. else next week.
2: All right, everyone. That wraps up today's episode of the Secure Your Retirement Podcast. If you found value in today's episode, we would love nothing more than for you to head on over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and a review. Be sure to take a screenshot of the review before you submit it, and we'll send you a special gift. Our book, Get Off the Retirement Roller Coaster.